Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Yo, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of The Bizzle cast, welcome to Marvel's Daredevil Season 3, Episode 5 of Marvel's Daredevil from the Defender series. The perfect game. Dad, we love this series. We love this season. We're going to get into this immediately this week. Um, but I do have to mention that since the last uh, few days ago, we have had a few nights of actual sleep, and Natalie Portman is not only still Thor, but Taika Waititi came out and made a public apology for calling her the female Thor, and she should properly be called the mighty Thor. <laughs> yeah, that was great. We're very happy. We're happy with Marvel right now. So, guys, uh, queue up your Netflix files. Uh, I guess I should say Blu-rays or 4K. That at some point this is going to come out on physical media because it's not going to be on Netflix. Um, but right. in the meantime, queue up your Netflix back to the beginning or at least the Netflix logo. I'm going to count from three to one. I'm going to say go. You will hit play. Uh, and when uh, it switches from the Netflix logo thing to the classic flipping Marvel comics that's in all their properties, Papa Bizzle says, "What do you, I always forget. You say go or now? now. No, I'll say now. Papa Bizzle says now, very excitedly, because we're very excited. And that's when I hit play on my end, and that's when we're all lined up. So we know that when Papa Bizzle says now, it's the Marvel uh, comic. And by the way, Dad, I rewatched Captain Marvel in preparation for Captain Marvel commentary with... Jackie Girl, and I did forget they replaced the entire opening Marvel flipping comics with Stanley uh, picture, uh, photos and videos. Oh my goodness! But wow. in the flipping comics thing, and all his favorite characters, it is very wow. beautiful. And then it goes straight to black and says "Thank you, Stan" before the movie starts. Mm, beautiful. All right, guys, Marvel's Daredevil season three, episode five, the perfect game. Fisk, Marcy, Dex. Oh man, we we got balls all over the place, uh, Dad. So, um, but we're going to be getting kicked in it. So get get ready, guys. Here comes the countdown: three, two, one, and go. Now, I always say a second before you say it. <laughs> That's called lag, people. I'm being professional. Mm. Oh God! Well, okay, here please. it is, Dan. This is it. This is the beginning of re- of realizing how complicated he is, how mentally ill he is, how he might be the bad guy, but also, in my opinion, feeling bad like, for him. Like M- Mr. O- OCD, amongst. Mm-hmm. So many other things. One of his great therapists, we're going to see the flashbacks that uh, pieces of advice to him before she dies that he doesn't process is live in small apartments. It's more mentally healthy. And I've thought about that a lot. And I actually really agree with that. And he lives in a small apartment. Uh, Yep. Oh, there she is. There she she is. His perfect woman. His reclamation project, dad, right? If only I could have the perfect girl, everything would get turned around. Oh, there. Oh, man. So I want to restate something I said earlier, which is to me as a comic book property, Daredevil season two will always be the best. Ooh, Batman. This is like the beginning of the Batman movies. Oh man. What? Oh, he's in the water. This is the beginning of call of duty thing. Yeah. Oh, remember we had like the traditional cliffhanger last time. That's right. That's right. He, he went over in, in, in the cab yeah. because of the, the driver was uh, mm-hmm. there to kill him. there's no corpse look at him the guy thinks he controls the world and not completely is Vincent D'Onofrio not being a leading man in major movies uh, Hollywood's fault yes even more than John Bernthal yes yeah I think so 
even if he's hard to work with, you know what? Christian Bale and Daniel Day-Lewis are hard to work with. It doesn't stop anyone. Oh. Is is he thought to be hard to work this with? This guy's great because he's very reminiscent of a Wire character. And mm-hmm. like many characters this season, Dad, he ends up being much smarter and wiser to what's going on than we initially think. Lost to sight of the age of nine, Kingpin knows. I mean, this is... Th- this is more believable than the I control New York already thing that he that he would be able to right. figure out Matt Murdock's lie with his kind of bizarre superpowers, right, Dad? Yes. Look at that. But but he's do you notice how his guys not scared? He he's scared to what he's going to tell him to do, but he's not physically scared he's going to get killed because Denofri. I'm sorry, Kingpin takes care of his people when he likes and trusts them. He doesn't kill them. Yes. He's not the hand. That's why he's so scared of Madame Gao. Look at that transition. He's still looking the same way, but he's sitting down listening to this bullshit. He's. He, he do you just, think he's even he listening to, to this conversation? Somebody. Do you think Kingpin's even listening to this? Uh, no, he's thinking about, you know, 12 steps ahead. I think so. What, what he needs to do. Uh huh. JLE is smart. I know that's his actor's name. I'm going to keep calling him JLE because it's a great name. JLE, smart dad, yeah. threatening Vanessa constantly. It's his only weak spot. That's his only, that's his, that's his only point of leverage. And wh- wh- uh huh. Look, he's looking right at Dex. Okay, so dad. If I had mm. to ask you with no knowledge, I don't know if you have this knowledge, would you think that Dex is doing an amazing American accent and is an English actor or is an American actor? I think you know the answer to this. I, I don't I don't know the answer. I would have thought he, he's an American, but I always think that the Brits do an amazing accent are American. So well, I knew like Ben Barnes was putting it on in season one of Punisher, even though he did a great job and he kept doing better. I thought this guy was English because of how many great English actors he has, but he's from Hillsborough, New Hampshire, 1984. Huh. I, I think I mentioned to you that he grew up as a young and restless soap opera kid, like a lot of uh, great um, young actors start in the soap. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I've literally been listening to on full blast. I'm sorry if I'm yelling dad, I've been blasting way too loud in my earbuds on my earphones. I have to do it sometimes. My nineties rock stuff and singing for the last five hours. So I just want to sing oh. along to this. I did indeed replace and put back the acapella, um, but purely for just sound quality reasons. We love you, E-Rock. Thank Good. you. Good. But you have to admit, even this, like you just want to tap on your 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 your, your legs, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is such a compelling theme song, and I love the... By the way, this is structured like a waltz, but is in four. Yeah, it's still that Hans Zimmer swing kind of thing, but it is in four. Are you on board for a Hans Zimmer top ten? Sure. Like the top ten great Hans Zimmer movies, like movies that Hans Zimmer composed, I think we should talk about. Okay, here we go. Written by Tanya Kong. Okay, finally a woman with Daredevil, not just Jessica Jones. Yeah, how do you like that? I, you know, I hate the idea that they saved all the women for the shitty Jessica Jones season two and three. It's nobody's fault. It's just bad management by Marvel. And Kevin Feige, dad, wanted nothing to do with it, just like he wanted nothing to do. Okay. <sighs> Redhead. This is the closest to feeling bad for a guy acting creepy, being creepy on a television show I've liked from beginning to end, understanding it and actually not thinking he's a creep. This almost, does that make sense? Like usually it's either this guy's creepy acting creepy, but he's not, or he's really a creep. Yeah. How do you feel about this whole relationship? Quote unquote. Well, you know, I didn't rewatch this, so I don't really remember how creepy or not creepy this Okay, is, but he but. creeps on her for a while. She notices that he's creeping on her. She gives him a chance, and then they murder her so that he can, the, the Kingpin can lock Dex in his pocket. Right. They put her in a refrigerator. Oh, God, no, I forgot and that. And Daredevil discovers it, and that's what puts off the three-way battle between a Fisk Dex. Uh- 
This is just okay. Oh, this is what I'm gonna say before that. Daredevil season two, best season of comic book television of all time. But this, in terms of like the Breaking Bad, early Homeland, early Vikings type stuff, is, is the superior season. I think. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if you understand that uh, dichotomy or and or agree with that. Like, I can't put this ahead of Elektra in the hand and the Punisher from an entertainment standpoint, but from a television drama standpoint, this is superior work, A-plus, almost beginning to end. Here's Karen looking haggard. Okay. And she's, uh, she's still doing her skulking around trying to figure stuff out thing. When you saw her stripping and blowing coke in the flashbacks that are coming up, did it mm-hmm. take more than three seconds for you in your brain at some level to be like, I need to reevaluate this whole thing? Because that's yeah, what happened no, to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, uh, it was from left field. Didn't really expect that kind of a backstory. And it looked so natural how into the life she was. Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So this guy looks like Ben Kingsley mixed with some other famous actors, but I don't know who he is. By the way, this is the first time I've, I've watched Daredevil on my 110-inch screen, and it's really something. He looks like Clive Owen mixed with Ray Fiennes mixed with Ben Kingsley, if those three had sex. Yeah. There may be another face in there. What's this guy's name? I don't know. I don't even recognize this character. I don't remember this uh, sequence at all. Heron Page. Daughter of Paxton Pelpit. Right. You go after the family immediately. Wow. Yep. I believe this man's name is... Because he really comes off as a Ben Kingsley type guy. Uh, the the uh, middle-aged black side uh, kick of Kingpin is Danny Johnson, by the way. Who's excellent. You no, know, I think... I think he looks a little, 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 bit, a little bit like Daniel Craig, too. Yeah, I meant Daniel Craig, not Clive Owen. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's great. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, Daniel Craig, enjoy your final James Bond movie. The fact they've been uneven is not your fault. I think we're all ready for the different vision. Yes, yes. But he, he's, he's a great actor to watch. I really enjoy watching And him. knowing how great of a guy he is, and he's married to Rachel Weisz, God damn him. Um, I'm sure he will be advising going forward, which is exactly what he should be doing. Yeah. Oh, okay. was, was, that guy, was that guy a private detective or, or, or what? Joe Jones, mostly known for Christmas Carol from a 1999 and some other weird stuff. Not a big guy, actor. Well, yeah, this is the line. This is the thing I keep referring to. Yes. This is what you do. You immediately tell the cops you have a concealed weapon. I saw this happen live once. Did you really? Yeah. It was in, a normal person. And, and the cops actually treated them well. He said, I, they, they said, I have a concealed weapon. I'm not going to pull it. And they said, okay, just get out of the car slowly. And they didn't like beat the shit of him. He was a white guy, though. So. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, they're taking her to Matt's apartment. Again, using Karen. Everyone's always using Karen. She, you know what? She never gets sick of being used. Oh, here's Jay. Oh, I don't remember this Sorry, sequence guys. at I, all. His name in the show is Ray Nadim, and I'm gonna start calling him Ray Nadim. I just, I think J L E is a spectacular name. And by the way, J L, spelled J A I L, is an amazing IPA, and so I always think of that. Oh yeah, yeah. The music, do you notice how like kind of electronic and ambient the music gets this season? Not just straight orchestral. I love it. I, I have my volume turned down so low. I, I don't hear any music. Are, are you starting to get with me, though, that they're leading towards the Karen reveal with her haggardness and insecurity building? No, no. I, I had no inkling. No, no. I'm saying now on the rewatch. No. Oh, no. They just I, mentioned I Vermont literally and scared the shit out of her like Kingpin's going to do. Well, that's true. They they did start to uh, to wink at at the backstory. That's interesting. If you watch the ten seasons of various CW shows that I did, Dad, and I'll, I'm going to leave it at this, you would have zero problem with Karen. That's that's the reality. Do you think JLE is American? Is another question. Yes. 
I do, but I'm not a good judge of that. What percentage would you put on it? I would put uh, 80%. I'll get back to you on that. Okay. He has multiple projects in the pipe right now, by the way. Oh, good. And so does uh, Dex, including his own properties. Uh, Jay Ali, American survey says... English actor hmm. of Pakistani descent, but he was based. He's huh. based in Los Angeles. Huh. But he grew up in England. But not everyone can do the "I talk like Kumail Nanjiani" thing and get away with it. Oh, uh, right. He was born in Pakistan, by the way. You know that. Yes. So what are they? They trying to, to establish these in cahoots with with? Kingpin? Everyone's accusing everyone of everything. That's the main problem yeah. of this season. Is yeah. oh, in season yeah. two, that stuff's going on, but we don't care because you and I are laughing about Elodie Young or you know, mesmerized by Frank Castle. Here you have to pay more attention to the procedural stuff, which is done better, oh, yeah. as you know, because you watch a ton of television. Not procedural stuff, but you know this is done better than 99% of procedural stuff on TV. Mm. Oops. <laughs> How do you come up with this? Oh, um, not only do I know him, but I killed him and I enjoyed it. And I'm about to tell the right. in that. Right. That's when right. I sold Karen, by the way. It was the mix of the blowing coke, horrible family, stripping, dancing thing in college with the Fisk thing. Mm-hmm. I dare you to act across from Vincent D'Onofrio on camera for three seconds. Yeah, tell me about it. I think the uh, the actor who plays Dex has to balance his actual respect for D'Onofrio with his character's mixed level of respect. It's tough. Well, she, she's starting to read chapter and verse of the FBI. About, she mm-hmm. knows so much more than they do about it. And what do Foggy and Karen always do better than Matt is be transparent when possible with people they think might be good guys that can help them. Right, right. She shouldn't trust him, but not for the reasons she thinks and not for the reasons he thinks. Look at, look at him. He, he can't even believe all this stuff. He thinks it's preposterous. The, his character, Dad, is a Philip K. Dip uh, minority report type character. Oh. A guy who's so high up, but might as well be a janitor in terms of his actual understanding of what's going on with the greater forces in the world mm-hmm. around him. Mm-hmm. That's really true. By the way, her shooting him eight times, why would you shoot that guy once? Again, <laughs> totally practical from Karen. All right. But he threatens her with it. Here it comes. By the way, Dad, I, I think he's already thinking about what suits he's going to get when this uh, starts going his way. Well, sure he is. He's going to he's th- he's neuroticness. He's going where he's going to put his kitchen utensils, where he's going to put his suits, which suits he's going to get. He's already that's what he's thinking about. Vanessa and the suits. <laughs> yeah, getting back to his his old life. So what, he, what he and Kilgrave are so different, but in terms of self love and egotism, are on the same level. Who's uh, who's who's box of information is this about? Dex, I believe, Mister Poindexter. This is the beginning. Nobody wants this. There it is. I, this is it, Dad. This is why you had to let the FBI let him in. And I think they explain it. I don't know if we missed it, but they ignore his psychiatric past because he has a military past or a training past or that was too good for them to let go. And they felt like oh, they could I handle see. it with internal things. And you know, with mentally ill people dad, mentally ill people are great at lying that everything is fine and they have it under control. And so yeah. he's been doing that for 30 years. Oh, here it goes. Here it goes. Oh, oh are we going to see Dom from, uh, we see his dad. No. Oh, uh, he's re. This is why video games are great. This is what would happen in Mass Effect. You open a holographic file and you start actually seeing what's going on. Mm. This is Dex as a kid? This is like when Tony Stark recreates his parents holographically for the MIT students and you're watching that scene unfold. Yeah. Here it comes. He murders this guy. Murders him. Oh, God, I completely forgot that. 
and he hasn't really? read it yet, Dad. He's falling in love with this kid already with the research, right? So what's actually going on is Fisk is researching, and we, we've talked about how both Frank Castle and D'Onofrio as the kingpin have a bizarrely high emotional uh, IQ when they want to. Right. He's already sympathizing without reading the story, but when he sees that they've both killed the father figure in their life, it's like, I got this guy. Is this guy uh, grooming him? And, uh, and by the way, also the fact that we are watching the Kingpin watch it in his head shows his patience and his you know, enjoying this process. Oh, uh, yeah, he's patient, all right. Is he the best Marvel villain, the Kingpin? Uh, I mean, Kilgrave is clearly the best single-season horrifying Marvel villain in terms of everything yeah. Tenet brings, but in terms of legacy villain. Yeah, I, I think he's the best. I mean, he's, he's the one I most enjoy watching as, as a villain. Other than Loki, Kingpin, F- Dex, and Kilgrave are the best villains. Mm. They're all in the TV show. Here it comes the ricochet. Does he do it? Oh man, we see the baseball game in the apartment. By the way, this is the presidential apartment. This is Fisk's apartment. Yeah, which is the opposite of the small, cozy one that his therapist tells him to get. Uh, oh, he gets incensed over this. You're killing it out here. Funny. It looks like young Killian Murphy, straight up. Yeah, yeah, he does. Who, yes, guys, I'm in love with. Sorry. Mm, we all are. I'm afraid you're going to fall in love with Simi because you guys love all the same stuff. <laughs> and he's so lovable. Well, they, they're really spending a lot of time on this flashback on, sob stuff that happens. Also, we saw with Kingpin and Char- and Matt Murdock could be mm. so badly handled in every time in any series. They keep nailing it. I don't know what they're doing. Oh, look at this shot because you know he's physically standing there, but they make it like the Matrix. They shoot it like it's Lawrence Fishburne and Neo in the construct of the Matrix viewing mm. it. Mm. Oh, he definitely has uh, anger management problems. And you do that by taking out shadows and stuff to make the person seem like they're not there. Oh. You know, video games give you the option of turning on and off shadows because most people are scared shitless to see their own shadow on a video game. It's, it's weird. Here it comes. Here he goes. His, his, his first homicide. Done. Murdered. Boom. For way less cause than the Kingpin's cause. Except he didn't throw it at, at the coach. Well, he ricocheted it. That's, his, that's rick- his skill. That's why he's called ricochet or whatever the fuck oh, he's called. Oh, yeah. right. What? Kingpin's going, this is a, a weaker but stronger version of me at the same time. Yeah. Right. And I love that he's the one to read slash listen to the transcripts. And then we see Matt Murdock listen later. And what's crazy, Dad, is even though it's totally selfish and self-serving, the Kingpin is constantly consoling him and coddling him. And what does Matt Murdock do? He starts making fun of him for being a crazy lunatic immediately to his face. Right. Which is what you don't do. Here it is. So lots of kids get you therapy. We tried it when I was young. Didn't take. You know, therapy is always tough uh, with complicated kids. The kid's obviously murderous, uh, which is extenuating. But, Dad, uh, you did start your work with children. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but most of them were actually really mentally ill, whereas this kid just seems homicidal. Um, do you think they make the distinction well enough between someone whose brain is just miswired in a dangerous way versus someone who's mentally ill and can actually get help she just wrote down his diagnosis and before she wrote it down i I was going to say to you that they're portraying him as as a borderline personality disorder but she coddles him she coddles and loves him yeah well you know 
uh, shrinks can be crazy too. Do you think there is a when, direct mirroring of this relationship with Nunn and young uh, Matt Murdock type stuff? No, it's different. Because Matt just Matt, thematically. Oh, here it is. Psychotic. He, she just wrote psychotic. Yep, yeah, she just wrote psychotic and is doing a horrible job lying. She looks like Brie Larson's like, mom. God bless her. There you go. Borderline personality organization with... Uh, I did it on purpose. Right? Mm. She's saying it's not your fault. So this is the question, Dad. With a kid his age who could be 11 or 14, at what age do you tell them it is your fault you are a troubled person versus saying it's not your fault you're just a kid? Well, I mean, you... you, you at, uh, already at 11, I mean, you got to tell him the truth. You can't, you can't make up a fairy tale that it wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't his fault. But that's part of yeah. why Karen's threatening the kingpin with her supposed knowledge of him murdering his dad is a horrible move on many levels. But one of the levels is, even as an adult, that would be considered justifiable manslaughter. As a child defending your mother who's been <coughs> beaten to death is justifiable manslaughter legally, I think. Mm. If you rewatch Kingpin as a kid killing his dad. I mean, Dom from The Wire is beating his mom literally to death. That's not what happened here. Yeah, she she's getting off on on the on the dependency thing with him, the dependency relationship, and she's uh, just you know there's there can be a certain patient that mm-hmm. that that, that Which makes is you crazy. What all the, the women therapist. do with Matt Murdock, Claire Temple, Karen Page. His mom, they're all doing the same thing with trying to reclaim Matt Murdock. Um, well, but that, yeah, but Matt's, Matt's not, not a psycho. This, this kid's psycho. No. Matt's not a murderer, but he's borderline personality in some ways. Matt thinks he's helping himself and his friends by not having friends. He beats up people for fun, which he admits. He hides himself in a costume, pretends he's blind. Tell me that's not borderline psych- psych- psychotic stuff. Oh, here they go right to the cancer. Oh, God. And the black and white filter is perfect. It's not overly... Um, you know, we could talk about sharpness with the picture. Yeah. You, you know, you watch the old black and white shows. They're quite sharp, even though they're in black and white. They're not. Yeah. They're, yes, they are. Whereas soap opera has, you know, they put seven filters over everything to make you think it's a fantasy world. Yeah, I guess I guess that gauzy look. So this kid, or not him, but Dex, who has a kid, actually played in soap operas, is now doing the opposite role. That's amazing. Yeah, it's funny. I love that she's just drinking. So the question is, who's screwed up worse? Not in terms of the result, but in terms of the effort. Her or Charlie, uh, Matt Murdock's mom? Oh, she she's way, way crazier than Matt Murdock's mom. Why? But we never get a backstory with her, unlike Matt Murdock's mom, as to why she's so obsessed with helping this child. By the way, if they cast this kid as Anakin Skywalker, it would already be an improvement from, sorry, Caden Christensen. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing a great job. No, I don't know. She seems to be uh, delusional about him, isn't she? That, I mean, I it's my she, love she theory. It, 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 I talked to how it seems like it, there was flirting between the nun and Matt Murdock early on and it ends up being no. maternal love. I think it's, it's the teacher-student thing. What's the only major... A crisis of sexual harassment between older women and younger men. It's always teachers and, and students. Always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? A- am I wrong? Yep. Yeah. No, that's, that's right. No, you're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. <laughs> are these Nazis, Walter? No, Donnie, these men are cowards. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you will about the Nazi Socialist Party. At least it's an ethos. Right. I don't want another that. therapist. This is it. So the question is, Dad, Wilson Fisk killed his dad out of pure uh, um, loyalty to his mother, which, by the way, informs his, uh, de- uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, deferment to women ranging from Vanessa to Madame Gao. Wilson Fisk actually treats women way better than men. He's not a beast with women. This guy is already a creep on this old dying woman. Yeah. 
for leaving I'm him. I'm going to kill you for dying. This yeah, is the most selfish thing him. you could possibly say. Right, right. And we were talking earlier today about rock stars we love to have killed themselves. It's very selfish to say it's a tragedy because of your loss. It's a tragedy because of everyone else's loss. That's right. Death comes quietly and naturally. This is what she tells them to have a small apartment. I'll never forget it. Never hasten with violence. I think she's just a philosopher who ended up being a psychologist, which is a lot of psychologists, and that's a problem. I, I think some philosophers should be psychologists and vice versa. She's, wait. He doesn't actually kill her, does he? I can't remember. Find someone. That's not what he's saying. Well, she's good there. She's giving him good advice now. I think this is also a reflection of Karen with her brother. Oh, but it is. See, that, that's where she, she's delusional. His inner compass is totally haywire. But I'm saying the fact that Karen sticks defending her horrible brother and father for so long it is similar to this. You know, w- yes, women are yes. overly protective and maternal of people they that, shouldn't be. Right. Some in, women. In Sorry, sense. guys. I, I'm not just I'm not saying everyone. I'm saying men don't have that problem. We're overly harsh to people. We shouldn't be. Women tend to be overly motherly to people. They shouldn't be. Karen's a helper. You've talked about it. She's a helper to. She's a psychotic helper. Right. Oh, uh, here's the hotline script. This was one of Jessica Jones's jobs before she threatened her boss and destroyed the office. <laughs> how, how did he find his way to suicide prevention? Why is he doing this? Because mental, the progressive mental illness people want to actually bring mentally ill people into the mentally ill. That's what my friend Sasha, who was so key in my life at the yoga ashram, as right. the leader of the the bipolar uh, liberal activism group, it openly being severely bipolar. It, that's the whole point, is you need people on the inside who are, are suffering from these things. But him doing this job and lying to himself and everyone else is not helping anything. No. I wonder if his... Oh, here it is. He's talking about guns. I wonder if his therapist um, uh, coached him in this direction. Mm-hmm. Thought it might help him develop more empathy mm-hmm. or something. I hate to get this grisly, but the it's not a coincidence, the ricochet thing, because often if you're an amazing sniper, it's not the video game. You just sit there and shoot someone in the head. It's It's off angle at a weird angle sometimes even ricocheting bullets off things and so forth. He was about ready to tell the client to shoot shoot his dad mm-hmm. rather than shoot himself. Hollow uh, point bullets, dad, uh, tend to kill less easily. Uh, I'm sorry, hollow point bullets tend to kill more easily, uh, but they don't ricochet around the way full metal jacket bullets do, the, the, as the movie was called. Mm-hmm. And, and so soldiers prefer to use full metal jacket because they can unload on a building and hope that the bo- the bullets bounce around and kill the person. Mm. Sorry, guys. I study a lot about military history. I'm, I'm into this stuff, but it's important with Dex's character. It's important with the Punisher's character. And it's important with Dex's character. Mm-hmm. Fisk never uses a gun, by the way. He just uses his bare hands to kill people, right? By the way, so you know how we talk about the... Oh, no, you weren't on The Defenders with me. You know, the third episode of The Defenders is a 14-minute long scene with the rebirth of Elodi as Electra from the, the bath with Alexandria. And there's like literally, it's like 15 minutes of the show is just the two of them with the rebirth of Electra. Yeah. That's what's going on here. I mean, uh, we have seen the intro, but we're almost done this episode, Dad, and it's been completely Fisk in his head analyzing him, and now he's figured him out. Yep. Yeah. But Dex is his greatest failure. He totally fails to turn Dex as much in the way he wants. Well, he's got to find a way to distract the public. Do you think think the forthcoming uh, subplot about the Holocaust woman that he chooses not to kill and then Dex kills uh, was important to his character that he there was a point to where he wouldn't just murder anyone for sure for sure so he's going to make dex into the distraction for the people of new york okay so she looks like alice eve or whatever the hell 
I always mix up her name. It's not Alice Eve. Alice Eve's the show that you like. Or no? No. Okay. I'm, I'm going to fix this in a second. Oh, she reckon. She hasn't seen him this for a long time. This is the worst. Huh? Yeah. When you're not even creeping on a girl, but you recognize her and you want to hit on her, and then she recognizes you, it's like, what? She represents everything that's good and innocent and pure in this world, and that's the reclamation of his soul through her. In a way, he's actually, Dad, more in touch with being a human being in this moment than Matt Murdock ever is with another human being. So he didn't intend to run into her. This is just a coincidence. But Matt's love of Electra is totally irrational from a I want to be a good moral person whereas this is actually yes. rational with I want to be a good moral person he's trying to follow his therapist's advice with this girl mm. this is the girl the therapist was describing in his mind I, is what's going on it has to be uh, I see I see she's already hitting on him you can yes, she's she great is. <sighs> oh my god Don't get me started on my front desk, woman. I'm sure she's not listening to this podcast. And if you are, you're beautiful. Let's have a beer. <laughs> oh, she's really giving him the, the look over. So Iron Fist season two is okay. I love this kit. What's great about his brother is he looks like he could be in Game of Thrones, but he also works great in this like very wire New York role. Right. My less handsome brother, which is true. They also he looks like a Boston townie type. Well, they are Irish. Yeah. Another thing they never stress between Foggy and Matt, that just makes sense. Uh Whoa. Raymond. Raymond. Everybody does not love Raymond, Dad. <laughs> That's not his fault. Apparently. Apparently. So, by the way, Iron Fist Season 2. Oh, no. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's right. He's running. I forgot. So, Alice Eve is known uh, for mostly for her roles. I'm going to shut up. There's a person with straight up split personality uh, in Iron Fist 2, Dad, who's played by beautiful Alice Eve, psychotic mm. woman who has split personality, who's a, a spec ops soldier from the Middle East, who's killed tons of people, uh, it, but acts like a sweet girl half the time. And that's she ends up being the villain you don't think is the villain. The actual villain is boring. She's very interesting. Oh, I see. So he's uh, hitting on Foggy to about matt also so this is the classic episode now with foggy and him dead and we saw with raymond and uh, uh, ray and karen all of these people should be leveling with each other and on the same side and this is dad why i argue the dark knight is the best because at the beginning of that movie the mayor commissioner gordon Batman slash Bruce Wayne and the best prosecutor, most powerful prosecutor, Harvey Dent and Maggie Gyllenhaal all get on the same side. And by the end, they're all either uh, dead, evil or at each other's throat. Uh, oh, I see. Here, uh, they're never on the same side when they should be. Look at the foggy portrayal. <laughs> yeah, that's a ride. It's like it? a baseball park. He hired a guy from the, uh, the Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Franklin Nelson. I fully believe that Alden Henson is basically playing himself, and the better they write him, the more he's playing himself, even though he's getting a be- becoming a better actor. Uh, Deborah Ann Wall is not necessarily playing herself. I think he's really this confident. He would have never gotten this job in real life if he wasn't this confident. So why, why is Ray looking for Matt? So in this epi- in this season, Dad, the characters are never discussing information that we do not know. Oh, which we need to talk and think about for a second, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? 
this works because of amazing writing and character drama, not because there's anything mysterious or homelandy going on here. In, in Punisher season one, which is why I think it's superior to Punisher two and most other seasons of television, we don't know what's going on, and that's part of the thing. Here we know. That's right. Oh, so he's here about the the pickpocketing, the ID, and the prison. Oh, okay, I see. Mm. I have to say, Alden Henson getting older, some pockmarks on his face, getting a little skinnier, the hair, he's looking pretty good. Yeah, he is. <laughs> they didn't want to have to make Marcy work too hard to be attracted to him, I think. Who's <laughs> <laughs> huh. not in this episode, sadly. Oh. Right. This is two people exercising power they don't really have. They don't really need to be exercising. You haven't talked about The Dark Knight every time I bring it up, which makes me think you didn't like it. I, I didn't see it. You said you rewatched it on Netflix recently. No, I did. Oh, okay. That's what we're watching on 4K first. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Huh. Uh, Ray, Ray's looking at all the wrong places. So, by the way, Foggy wanted to, to do it his own way, Dad. They build the whole season, and they finally... <laughs> look how subtle that little... You know, he would have exaggerated that more in season one. But we yes. don't know if that's direction, because in comic books, things are exaggerated. Okay, here it is. Okay, so Alice Eve... Sorry. Just a be, long story short, Alice Eve is a beautiful young actress who's played a variety of roles from romantic comedies to psycho killers, uh, who ends up being the split personality uh, beauty in Iron Fist Season 2 that ends up being the bad guy. They don't think the bad guy. They try and use her to help them, and she ends up being too crazy and being the actual bad guy. Um, looks like this girl she looks okay so this girl looks like bryce dallas howard crossed with gwyneth paltrow crossed with girl next door hmm. actually really what bryce dallas howard looks like look at those big guys hate the bangs hate bangs on women sorry guys sorry women you don't see it very much oh you see it all the time Oh, really? I have a huge crust on uh, the woman who's now be- who was young Jessica Jones and now a woman Elizabeth Cappuccino who's absolutely gorgeous who played young Jessica Jones mm-hmm. and she's great she's hilarious on Instagram she's like Elizabeth Olsen she's beautiful but she's very open she just p- posts things about her nerdy boyfriend and their food they eat and their dog and so forth but she keeps putting bangs on I'm like get rid of the bangs show me your whole face you're beautiful I love his old fashioned haircut <laughs> do you think a killer like that deserves a second chance uh, this is punisher level discussion yeah yeah it really is so spoiler alert guys i'm pushing baba bizzle for starting punisher season one before we finish daredevil 2 i don't know if that's going to happen um but it's out there because i want to get to it oh, she's getting creeped out now it just we just took a turn here He's he being knows too, too much about her. This is the problem. This is the problem with being honest. When you live in a society where being honest screws you half Later. the time. He's right. She's spooked and she is ditching him. Yep. Uh, that's Uh-oh. it. That's it. Oh, he just had an insult to injury there. He now could she's lie. Really frightened. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Dad. If he was actually in his right mind, he could lie about the dog thing and be like, you just don't see like a dog person. Yeah, see, he. Yeah. This is the You're difference between evil creeps and disturbed creeps. I talk about there's been evil and disturbed in this season with Dex. Look at the camera moving sideways. We're at like a 20 degree angle here, 45 degrees. Yeah. Because no, he's off by 45 degrees. I wonder, I wonder if Foggy ever uses that line on, on uh, Marcy. He's like, you want to go to uh, Nelson's Meats tonight? <laughs> <laughs> meet the candidate oh i just noticed that m-e-a-t meet the candidate foggy nelson i didn't see oh. i did not see that i did not see that i'm sorry dad you know i said name a better realized relationship in marvel than foggy and marcy name a better realized uh man woman heterosexual friendship in marvel than these two uh-huh 
Yeah, that's true. She's such a good actress. We'll never agree on this. I love her. What'd she do? Look at the way they shoot her, though. They're shooting up slightly above her eye level. But cocked to the side. He's straight. The camera angle. And now she's cocked to the side. Yellow again. Yellow, yellow, yellow. Green. By the way, do you notice that you think part of the arc of the season is going to be Karen telling all of her horrible backstory to him? And he, he doesn't care. He just wants to be her friend. Right. Uh-huh. CGI. Oh, she tells him. Here it comes. Down. Oh, she's going to tell him about the murder. She is brave. She is a br- brave in the in literal sense of a human being to do this. Mm-hmm. Matt Murdock's too much of a coward to ever do this. What? They, <laughs> they just shoot her unbelievably in this season. <laughs> not my Karen. But he's not mad or scared. He's like, no, no, God, he's just damn it. He's stunned. He's stunned. Well, he's, but he's just frustrated. He's like, I got so much shit on my plate. Thank God he's got Marcy. He could never do this without her as a backbone. Right. Who's earning for them, by the way, while he quit his job. Right, right. She's the breadwinner now. She's happy to be, I'm sure. Well, here's, he is in this small apartment. Yeah, I think he's gonna start dismantling his apartment or something. If you guys are unsure why I keep mentioning the small apartment, think about the really, really unhappy single rich old guy who has a, a twenty-five bedroom mansion by himself as as mm-hmm. as the opposite of that. And now he has to deal with that hole in his wall mentally because he lives in a small apartment. He can't just mm-hmm. shut the room. There's reasons for this. She's right. She's not a bad therapist. She just picked the wrong kid. And had the right diagnosis and dealt with him the wrong way. In your mind, should that therapist have been disbarred? Yes. Okay. There, there, there was a lot of malpractice going out in there. Mm-hmm. Out damn spot. But not for truly selfish reasons. God, everything's so morally ambiguous with this season. God. That's a great look. Let's see. Okay, Dad, I'm not going to lie. The loud Hans Zimmery ambient, dark, crazy music throughout the season as he goes crazier drove me somewhat crazy, and I had to lower the volume numerous yeah, times. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. But that's and a the credit music. to the, the way they... By the way, this is a one-shot. This is all a spinning one-shot. They have not changed the shot since he punched the uh-huh. wall. That was a chain shot, but who cares? Whoa, right in her face. Which is not what he intended, but some symbolism. By the way, Dad, there's a lot of angry, psychotic people out there who are way less complicated than this guy, which makes it both more tragic and more disturbing. Mm. Right? I mean, they're just some straight-up murderers. I mean, that, you know, that's... No, he's, he's, he's right. He's got the, t- the tapes of Dr. Mercer that tries to help so we help have him. to read into her having a complicated backstory and him having a more complicated back family story without any information in the season and they mm. trust the viewer to come up with all of that dad yeah oh, and by the way the show's called daredevil here he is <laughs> he found his way out, out of the east river as he always does oh he's back at his house mm-hmm by the way, spoiler alert, I do not care two shits that he doesn't wear the costume, but Dex pretending to be Daredevil and people believing it, including Karen's boss, Mr. Kanish, that Dex is the Daredevil is a comic book trope that I, I never liked and they didn't yes. need in this season. Yeah, well, you know. Because Batman deals with that in the Dark Knight in the beginning where there's mm-hmm. Joker clones, but there's also Batman clones. There's people trying to be heroes dressed up like Batman, and Batman has mm-hmm. to punt, put them in their place and say, you're going to get yourself killed, asshole. You're not me. Dex just took his white shirt off, and Matt just took his white shirt off, and they're both bleeding. And- By the way, Dad, Robert Pattinson is playing the new Batman, which I think is going to be a great rebirth for him and the character. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's being directed by uh, Matt, Matt um, 
what's his name who did the the Planet of the Apes movies that got ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes that people loved. A great director. Um, and they just announced that the Rogue One cinematographer is going to be filming that movie. Um, yeah. So yeah. that is great news. Oh, so Matt was there just a moment before they busted in. Uh, Raymond, you're totally on the wrong trail in every sense possible. Completely totally. in the wrong trail. Totally. Well, I mean, that they're not even redirecting Raymond on this bad trail. He's taking this bad trail on his own. That's He's a dummy. He's a great well, guy. He wants, he's not a dummy. He just wants to believe that that the conceit he has going with with the kingpin is 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 valid. Yeah, but the I mean, kingpin he, has put so little energy in actually directing him against Matt Murdock. It, it takes the bait so easily. All right. Well, that was a lot of a lot of backstory in, in okay. that episode. Well, but hold on, really quickly. Hold on, because we, we, we short intro. I know you have some technology problems. We we did a short intro. But I want to talk about the mental illness aspect going forward of Dex. I, I I think it adds to the season constantly, but not in any sort of on the nose way, preachy way, or in like we needed to complexify the show more. They just had a great notion about this character. Thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I didn't see it coming in the first couple of episodes with him. Um, he just seems like uh, maybe a gung ho ex vet, not, not as not as uh, disturbed as as Frank. Um, but then, you know, they they take him to a whole nother level, which I think is, is, is very interesting. I think it's particularly interesting that they didn't do it from the beginning and and that they they waited, um, let you come up with with a sense of who this guy might be, and then they really kind of shattered it uh, here in the in the sixth episode or fifth episode. So, uh, but he's, he's, and and he's getting nuttier by the minute, obviously. So in in the defender show, dad, and I'll let you go. And the defender shows, you have the straight up just gangsters like uh, Mahershal Ali, who plays Cottonmouth and Luke Cage. She's just, you know, a straight up, you know, black, uh, uh, Harlem gangster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the psycho, the total psychopaths like Kilgrave and Alice Eve's uh, dual personality character in Iron Fist and Dex. My question is on the spectrum of just gangsters to crazy motherfuckers, where do you put Wilson Fisk? Well, Wilson Fisk is is a is a crazy sociopath. With, with illusions of grandeur. Here, here's the problem, Dad, is I understand what you say when you say sociopath, and I use the word sociopath all the time. I just sent you some pictures of Alice Eve. Um, the problem is the dictionary definition between psychopath and sociopath, the Oxford definition is almost the same, but we don't use mm. it the same way. So in the common usage, because I agree with you, when we're talking about a sociopath versus psychopath, my feeling has always been, Aaron, I, I listened back, you know, with Aaron Slavutin with the Ex Machina. We described um, uh, Oscar Isaac's character in, in Ex Machina as totally egotistical, off his rocker, but a sociopath, not a psychopath. And that he doesn't understand human relations, even though he thinks he does. Mm-hmm. But he's not necessarily murderous, even though there's murderous, you know, whereas a psychopath seems to be a just totally emotionless killer. That's how those terms are used. I just want to point out to people, if you guys look it up in the OED, it, it's not so far from those. Um, but but does, does that make sense what I'm saying about those two terms? And is that how you're using it in terms of distinguishing between a murderous psychopath and a sociopath? Well, I, I think that they can both be be murderers, but I, I think that a sociopath is less crazy than, than a psychopath. There, there, there's not as much insanity uh, with, with, a, with a sociopath. So path comes from pathology, right? You're a yeah. do- doctor, and pathology means disease, right? Yeah. yeah. So sociopath, this is, do you know what a faux ami is in, in, in French? The term faux ami means false friends, uh, which means a word that sounds like a thing, but it actually has nothing to do with the thing. It just sounds uh-huh. like it. But sociopath actually does speak to people in a correct way. 
So sociopath sounds like social pathology, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas psychopath is psychotic or even, you know, more extended terms from that, which is a much more severe diagnosis. Yes, right. The So the question I was asking earlier for you, I, again, I, I never like to put you on the spot as a psychologist, but we're talking about child psychology here, which is where you got your start. My question is, is there any chance Dex could have ended up a sociopath under control and not a psychopath, or was he destined to be a psychopath? No, I think he was destined to be a psychopath. So what do we do with those, those people? You- so if we can genetically test when you're eight years old that you're going to be a murderer, even though you seem like a cute but disturbed eight-year-old, what do we do with those kids? Yeah, well. Because um, that's ghost in the shell stuff. That's going to start happening really soon. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about how scary it is that like, oh, we're doing genetic testing to not have these diseases. That's not scary to me. We don't want to have kids to have diseases, right? Um, right? But the second level is I want them to have green eyes and freckles, right? So that starts to be, you know, luckily you had two beautiful children. I mean, specifically your daughter. I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> you had a spectacularly beautiful daughter. You couldn't have designed any better than, than her. Um uh, but uh, you know, people are trying to design their children's looks. But the next level is: do, do we have a measure for this person's going to be a sociopath or a psychopath or worse? And what do we do with them? Because if rich people, dad, if rich people can choose to not have children like that, but poor people still have children like normal people in the future, and their kids turn out to be psychopaths, that's a type of discrimination yes right 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 right. and it it could follow from our uh, Mm two-tier you know medical system so what what, what would you have advised they do with dex after he ricocheted that ball and murdered his coach well you know i i never i never dealt with with children like that i I, and i don't know personally because you're a humanitarian you would not be like let's murder this child because he can't fit into society right there has to be a middle ground I, I don't know. I don't know how how you treat how you treat that kind of pathology. Well, I mean, part of the reason I'm picking this up and not to put you on this, bring this up, is not to put you on the spot, but because I continue to like and sympathize with Dex until the last three or four episodes of this season, and even then, maybe, and, and that's why it, it's it's fascinating and, and, and just extra disturbing. I never really sympathize with Fisk. That's what I've been saying. He's brilliant because D'Onofrio is brilliant and the writing and directing is great. But Dex is a truly, for me, morally difficult character to deal with because being a, a children psychopath slash sociopath or whatever he is. Well, I mean, you know, I, I just saw when, when we watched that flashback, um, mm. the, the backstory, I mean, he, he just seems like a lost cause from the beginning. Yeah. And right, but what tried- do we do with the lost causes? Do we do what they do in The Giver and say we're putting them into retirement and putting <laughs> just just killing them behind closed doors? I mean, there has to be a way to deal with with this in our society, and nobody's talking about it. The problem is yeah. that is, and this is why the bigger issue I want to bring up and I'll let you go. Thank you for being on with mental illness. Is people who have bipolar and depression with that term mental illness are being grouped with people who go into schools and churches and murder people with guns. And, well, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But you know that it's happening still today. Yeah, that's absurd. And we have presidents, uh, quote unquote, I, I hate to call him the president. We have people in charge with power like Donald Trump, who I will refuse to call the president. I've never called the president and I will never call the president because he doesn't deserve to be a president of even the smallest country on the planet. So he's going to be the president of his own pants uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but uh you know, with people like that in charge, it's not it's not getting any better. Um, but the mental illness thing is also not getting any better. And I like that they bring they're bringing this up in Daredevil season three and Iron Fist season two, Dad, which are the final episode, uh, final seasons. They bring up these two very disturbed but very believable mentally ill characters who end up being bad guys, but in ways where you're still sympathizing with them because of the severity and believability of, of their mental illness. Do you agree that they're at least sort of handling responsibility? and it's not just playing to our emotions oh yeah they, they are i think they they really want to take on this uh you know compelling social issue and it's great that they do that and and you know jessica jones and in daredevil and you know 
It's great. And that's one of the many things that's lost in Jessica Jones season one. And it doesn't help their cause losing it because of crappy following seasons is that her, she thinks she's mentally ill and it's not till she realizes there's someone way worse in terms of mental illness that she needs to deal with and get her head out of her ass. that She's not mentally ill. I think, I think the, the show that they do it, uh, sort of the most exquisitely on is the Punisher. You know how how he he can be portrayed as a psychopath, not a you know full blown psychopath, but he's not. And you know Karen is in the forefront of trying to change people's perception about who Frank yes. really is. But I think, I think that's that, the, there's a connection there, Dad, which is both Frank and Jessica clearly are overly sensitive. And, you know, maybe had some traumas or just overly sensitive kids who are vulnerable. And Jessica lost her family. And Frank had a horrible experience, obviously, in the Middle East. But neither of them grew up sociopathic or psychopathic the way Dex did. Right, right. Right. They they both know the difference between a good guy and a bad guy. But Jessica thinks and Frank think that they are actually mentally ill. And that's frustrating, but very realistic, I think. Right, mm-hmm. Jessica mm-hmm. is convinced she is disturbed to the core. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's Kilgrave that has raped and controlled her for six months or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. she's convinced she's disturbed and you know, there's no coming back until she has to save her friends and family, and then she gets it done. Um, I guess we see Matt do that eventually here, but I, I, I continue to say this season is not about Matt Murdock, and. I don't think it's a criticism of Charlie Cox, but there was almost zero Matt Murdock in that episode. It was one of the best episodes of the season, in my opinion. Mm. So final thought, um, the Fisk flashbacks, do you think they're handled as brilliantly as I do? The black and white Fisk where, you know, he's in his brain and he's not actually experiencing it sort of like the matrix kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think I think it was a very creative way to do it. I mean, I didn't feel like I was watching something derivative. I, I think you know it's very creative how they how they handled that. Why do that Back- instead of the more typical reading the file to the person next to you and then getting the look of recognition? Why have us experience that whole long black and white thing? Well, for one, one thing, it is a lot more artistic. It's a lot more creative, and uh, it, it it throws you into uh, you know the black and white backstory, the way it throws um, uh, Kingpin mm-hmm. into it. So it, it brings you closer mm-hmm. to the to the reality of of the backstory. Mm-hmm. I, I think. Uh, my final thought: This is going to seem like a weird connection. I'll let you go. Is the Truman Show, um, which I highly recommend everyone rewatch with Jim Carrey from the mid '90s, because it predicted the horrifyingness of reality television and social media like 20 years before it happened. Um, Amazing. Uh, with Ed Harris as the TV producer who stole a baby from his cradle <laughs> to make him a reality star from, from childhood, essentially. But what's great about the movie, Dad, is knowing it's a Truman Show and that you've seen it, you think it's going to be obvious early on that everyone knows that's the Truman Show. But they wait quite a long time before they show you. They wait until Truman starts discovering the kinks in the armor of the spies and the cameras. And then we start seeing all the people watching him, which is very brilliant. And I think that's what's going on here is it's much more effective for us to see it from their emotional and sort of mental experiential, um, uh, 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 point of view as opposed to, you know, it's a show don't tell thing and, and they just nail it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what, what they're doing here. I think it's very effective. Okay. Well, thank you for being on as thank always you. Um, really quickly. Uh, so the next episode is uh, um, uh, episode six. Um, it is called, uh, this had a nine point out by the way, dad, the next episode has a 9.6 on IMDb called the devil, you know, um, and this is when Dex is officially offered a lifeline by Fisk. Matt comes to Karen for help. Um, and so everyone starts being sort of more honest and or more devious and active with one another. This was a very a backstory slash actor centric episode, which mm. you loving shows like Peaky Blinders and Longmire, you love these kinds of slow burn uh, dramas. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. But it, it will be great to see 
uh, Dex in the Daredevil suit, which I believe we finally get in the next episode already, which is hard to believe. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, I mentioned in season episode three or four, which now seems like a while ago, that this this season seems to start slow, but it gets on a roller coaster before you think it's going to. Um, and that's another argument in your favor that this is the best of all the season. The Defender season is that uh, it doesn't have a slowness in the middle and definitely not at the end. Oh, right. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. Me. Thank, thank you, you. listeners. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully, uh, get back to you soon with The Devil You Know, Season 3, Episode 6. Uh, this, of course, was Episode 5, The Perfect Game. What do you think that refers to? Just the baseball thing? The Perfect Game. Uh, oh, oh, well, that, that was the speech. Well, that was the speech that the coach was, mm-hmm. was uh, another, you know, kind of therapist for, for Dex trying to, you know, help them stay in touch with, with reality. But, mm-hmm. Um, it didn't By the work. Way, another fail of American Sniper, which I constantly criticize. Even though I love Bradley Cooper, I don't like uh, Clint Eastwood for a lot of reasons. Um, uh, American Sniper is Dex is already more complicated than Bradley Sni- uh, uh, Cooper's sniper character mm, in yeah. terms of why he's a sniper and why he doesn't. Right. This is how you do it. This is how you do it without yeah. disrespecting the troops. And that's why the Punisher show, Dad, even though to us seems so liberal and progressive, uh, final thought, to us the Punisher show seems so liberal and progressive with the message and the characters and the people of color and the women, but troops love the Punisher because they treat the experience of being troops in that situation with such respect and such honesty yes. and accuracy. And Great you know with the video game, you know the Ghost Recon game he's in, where he's with all Spec Ops people. You know the way uh, I think you saw those clips. The way uh, Bernthal was talking was like he was happy to be there with them. That's right. That's he might right. be the famous actor that deserves an Oscar, but he was happy to be in the same room with Spec Ops people using code language, and he's in the middle. Yeah, yeah, he was very clear about that. Yeah. So God bless these actors. Um, I am glad they got an American as Dex, but again, the fact that I wasn't sure that JLE was American or not, he's not, and you thought he was was American. They're clearly nailing mm-hmm. the language coaching thing at this point. So, well, they sure are. And I want to. <clears throat> I, I really do want to watch Punisher two season. Uh, I will watch Punisher season two again at some point, specifically for Ben Barnes, Bernthal, and um, uh, Madani. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! All right. Thanks, Papa B. Thank you, BizzleCast listeners. We'll be getting back at you soon. Got a lot of downloads from Daredevil Podcast. Got a lot of downloads of the Marvel Speculation Podcast with Abdiel. So thank you guys out there for supporting that and the video game podcast with Ethan and Austin, the Awkward Controllers. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining the BizzleCast, being part of the BizzleCast network. May the force be with you. But for now, the BizzleCast is out. All right.